Hey, uh, hey, patrons, I wanted to say Saskalula to you, which is our, one of our code words. It just means you're great. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, you're the one uh, that keeps the show going. Uh, hey, you're only tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, emotions, wind, whatever's keeping you awake. I'd like to take your mind off of that. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders. Uh, but basically what I'm going to try to do is keep you company in, in a safe place uh, so you can drift off into sleep. Uh, kind of like a distraction, kind of like a friend. I call myself your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar bud, your boar cuz. It could be just pod guy or pod boy or pod... How about pod kid? Maybe I could get a sidekick called the the Pod Kid. I don't know. Does that seem a little trite and old fashioned? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I could come back to that. But so if you're new here, uh, here's what to expect. Uh, structurally, the show is about. Uh, it starts out with about four to six minutes of business. That's how we keep over 600 archived episodes free, and how we keep the podcast going. And uh, then we have an intro, which I've just started. The intro is usually about 12 minutes or so of uh, me explaining the podcast and trying to come up with a metaphor about how the podcast works. And after that will be an episode tonight. We're going to start our new series, uh, which uh, hopefully you'll like. I think I'm, I'm excited about it. It's definitely pretty dreamy and sleepy. And uh, like, uh, so like ideally be like a slow, very slow moving, uh, gentle journey, uh, to carry you off into dreamland. But because it's a podcast, let me explain a couple of things. If you're new this year, welcome so much. Thank you for checking the show out. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening this far. This podcast is a bit different. So that's why I want to cover the structure with you. And what to expect. Just because this is a podcast, uh, this is one of the rare podcasts you don't need to listen to. Like, uh, I hear from a lot of people that like the podcast. They say, hey, man, I listened to your podcast. I barely heard anything. And that's great. Like, this is a podcast you can listen to or you can play it and not listen to it. You can. uh, I don't know what to do. Can you listen to it but not hear it or can you hear it and not listen? Either one. Guess what? Either one or neither or neither. Uh, you could be in its presence or you could reflect its presence. Uh, you can receive the sound waves or, you know, reflect them, whatever works for you. But this podcast, uh, like, uh, like, yeah, it's a podcast you can listen to. That's your choice, uh, or that you can pay attention to. Ideally, I'll take, I'll get enough of your attention that you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Like I said, uh, but then I'll be kind of keeping you company with my uh, chatter, my rambling, my lulling, soothing tones, hopefully, and my goofy storytelling uh, uh, that you could drift off at any time. I, I make the shows are about an hour. I put like the shows are complete, uh, but you don't need to listen. Uh, but the reason I make the shows about an hour 
and that they have a beginning, a middle, and an end is uh, not only so you don't have to listen, but so you don't have to feel any pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here an hour uh, to keep you company in the deep, dark night, and you can even play back-to-back episodes, uh, as some listeners do. So you could listen for eight hours. You could listen for two minutes. Uh, whatever works for you. You know, I'll be here to help. And uh, ideally, this is the only way I know how. Uh, so it doesn't work for everybody because this is kind of just like a silly storytelling podcast. But the reason I want to help is because I've been there uh, tossing and turning. And I just want to be a friend, uh, like a, a friendly distraction in, in the deep dark night. Like when I was a kid and I couldn't sleep, I listened to the radio and it never put me to sleep, but just hearing those voices, uh, whether it was Dr. Nemento or the uh, DJs on classical radio in particular or old time radio, it was, uh, I don't know, it was something else to think about than what was keeping me awake. It, it took my mind off stuff. And that's really why I'm here is uh, to take your mind off stuff. Usually I have something goofy. I was uh, like uh, uh, on the top of my mind that I could talk about that. I try to create a metaphor for the podcast. Uh, but I said, I, I don't know. It doesn't feel right for some reason. Like I'm not, obje- I don't, I don't object or objectify uh, sidekicks to superheroes, but, but I, I don't, I guess I, for some reason, I don't know. I guess this is a weird thing to explore is like, I don't feel like, uh, it's not that I don't feel like I deserve a sidekick and it's not like I don't need a sidekick, but uh, like, I don't think a sidekick would, what if I become your, I guess in some sense, this is the reality of the situation. And this is the dynamic we're kind of entering into is I'm your sleep sidekick. Uh, like I said, you can call me your boar bud, your boar bay, your boar friend, I don't know, sleep sidekick, it has alliteration. It doesn't have, uh, I'll be your sleepy sidekick. We could, like, a kid sidekick. Is there any sidekicks called kid sidekick? It doesn't have sleep in there, though, but if I was kid sidekick, that would be pretty, there might be already one, but, uh, like, that's what I'll be. I'll, I'll be, like, uh, like here at your side. I'll be, hey, I'll be here talking to you. Like, usually sidekicks speak with a more, uh, dynamic range and vocal excitement. So let me see if I could do a little sidekick monologue in, uh, in this pace. Uh, Hey, yeah, I'm totally your sidekick here. Yeah, totally. So excited to, uh, be here talking to you in lulling, soothing tones. Uh, don't worry. Hey, do you want, you could listen to this too. If you put it at two times speed, it might actually sound like a sidekick. Hey, do you totally want me to hold your utility belt? I could really carry that for you. Great. Uh, because all I want to do is, like, you're a hero. You're really on a hero's journey, hero. Uh, and, uh, like, I'm, I'm so glad to be in service to the heroines and the heroes of the world. Uh, they're just out there doing their best living their lives. Uh, that's who I want to be a sidekick for is uh, so that you can go and get a good night's sleep. Uh, hey, uh, I love your utility belt. It's totally cool and rad. But, yeah, I want to be your sidekick because I feel like you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, and I want you to flourish. Uh, that's what the world really needs is uh, more people out there flourishing 
And that's why I wanted to become your sleepy sidekick, uh, is because, uh, like, uh, I want to help you uh, get some sleep. It kind of sounds like a, like a kid giving, like an uncomfortable kid giving an essay. But I think you can imagine, like, I can picture the, 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 the much faster pace of, uh, a sidekick talking. But that's really what I want to do. And I'm more than happy to apply to be your sidekick. That's kind of what these intros are. It usually takes two or three times, like, <laughs> for all my applications. Uh, so even my sidekick ones. So see how it goes. Yeah, usually my first application, I lose. Second application, I spill coffee on. Third application makes it into my car. Uh, but then it reaches my passenger seat floor and gets... Uh, the fourth application usually gets into an envelope, maybe even with a stamp, uh, but then somewhere between my couch, my kitchen, and my car, that one goes. So usually fifth application is when I, when I actually get, get sent out, even an email, because uh, e- even if I'm doing it online, somehow I can still spill coffee on it. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, this podcast is really me auditioning, applying to be your sleep sidekick, uh, uh, someone that sits across the room from you, chattering, uh, calmly, uh, trying to keep you company, and off- offer you like an alternative of something to sleep uh, to to sleep to, other than you know whatever else is keeping you awake. So, I think that's it. Like I said, it takes a few tries. This podcast is a little bit different, so give it a few tries. You know, most reviewers say like it was the first few times I said, "What is this thing?" Uh, but really, I want to help. Like, I've been there ever since I was a kid. And all I ever really wanted uh, was someone to sit there and say, hey, that seems tough. And, and that's what I, I, I know it's tough. And I want to help. And that's why I make this show. And I'm proud to make it for you. Uh, now, it doesn't work for everybody. So if it doesn't work for you, there's a couple other, you know, there's Pink Noise. Uh, binaural Beats are good. Waves are pretty good. LibriVox has got a lot of different uh, options out there or other audiobooks. Uh, so try some of that stuff. Uh, but I really hope, uh, and I work very hard, uh, and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks for coming by. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to our new series, which is yet untitled. Uh, it can't have a long working title, but uh, this is, uh, I'm probably like three recording this, maybe two or three weeks before you'll hear it. Ideally, two or three weeks, uh, but I don't have a calendar in front of me. If you're a patron, you may be hearing this even earlier. Uh, but this new story, it's like, uh, I think the working title would be, I don't know, the, the girl who was raised by, I, I don't know. I don't want to give, well, I guess it doesn't matter. It's a sleep podcast, but, uh, well, you, you like, I, I don't know. This one will have slightly more mystery because it's a, uh, it's very episodic, but it also has a through story. But a through story you're allowed to sleep to because it's just it, like a, it's it's so it's an episodic series. You can listen to them in any order. This happens to be the first one, so I have to do a little bit uh, of uh, like I guess uh, pre pre prep here and uh, prepare you. But it'll be a new series. It'll be a little discussion of, uh, what am I saying, discussion? Sorry, I get distracted. But each episode will be narrated by a different uh, narrator. 
but the protagonist will remain the protagonist will remain the same. And it should be a nice one. I, I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, I'm always excited before the first episode. Sometimes the excitement carries me through to six episodes. Right around six episodes, where it gets really uh, tough. Uh, though sometimes it gets tough on episode two. Uh, but I have the concept. I, I kind of want to leave it a mystery because I think it'll be even. This may be our sleepiest one yet, uh, and uh, you know, be heavy on the sleepy imagery. Uh, so like, uh, this is their new series. I can't. I don't know what else to tell you other than to. Uh, I, I don't think there'll be any Antonio Banderas. Uh, like this will probably have the shortest setups. Uh, because uh, the concept, if I explained it to you, it, it, this would be the first time, other than like nuns in space, that, that that one needed more to explain how I got into space with nuns in space. This isn't a nuns in space, but this one's a one sentence explanation. I mean, making sense of it, it but you, you could, you know, you just kick back. So kick back. Uh, here, here's how, how I'll do a transition because it's always hard. The nice thing about having Antonio Banderas come in when he's available. Uh, is that we can do a transition, um, but kind of transition yourself. I don't know if you've ever been in a, a boat before, a rowboat, or a nice like a boat like a, that's uh, just rocking, or just imagine yourself uh, on a dock, uh, one of those floating docks. Uh, plenty of space on all sides of you, though. Uh, floating gen- gently in the water, connected to the earth and to the ground, so not just just steps away. And maybe your feet are dangling, and you're sitting there, and the sun is shining on you, and you're kind of relaxing. And the one thing you can tell is that nice, uh, calming motion of the water. Uh, the calm, uh, barely noticeable up and down of the water as we begin our new series. So when you first came to us, you were placed in my care. And the strange thing was it wasn't because of my name, but because of my gentle motion, the steady rocking, the floating, the gliding, the splash and the swish of the water. I've always wondered if the caretaker knew you were coming when he repaired my pumps when he cleaned the debris out of the canal, and then he refilled, and the water began to flow. And once again it churned and churned, around and around. And then he set to work repairing the first boat, and he placed it back in the water, And the caretaker got in, and he lied down in the boat as it slowly wound around. As he lay there, he almost had the same look you have on your face some nights, that peaceful look that goes across your face as the moonlight reflects in your eyes. But then he really got to work, building the rest of me back up, bushwhacking what nature had reclaimed, but just, I guess, more bush-shaping than bushwhacking. 
bit by bit. And he made sure that your leaf was ready to cradle you, like floating on the water, holding you as some of the leaves, the real leaves in my canal, cradle those little dandelion puffs sometimes. And I began to take shape once again as I had when the guests of past had come. Because what good is uh, Mother Goose's journey through a treasury of tales without the journey? And without the tales, I guess. Uh, then you joined us. You came into my life, uh, into my arms in some sense, and around my arms, uh, into the boat, uh, resting there for a time as I took care of you through the attraction and the caretaker came and you grew and the caretaker fed you and changed you and taught me how to use my tronics to do the same. And you were surrounded by these fairy tales as the guests had called them. The caretaker had put them all back together, and you would watch them, and you would listen to them, and at times I almost grew jealous of them, being able to make eye contact with you, even though it was through me, and they were a part of me. Sometimes they, I don't know, I guess it's just a, a mother goose's jealousy. And you never saw the caretaker, really, except uh, when you were really young. He wanted to stay separate from you for some reason. And so my tronics uh, would help you and hold you, and we would teach you to walk. Uh, but every night you returned to the leaf, and you floated around, uh, gently rocking, gently bobbing, winding and winding and sleeping most every night so soundly. I know the guests didn't have sleep like you did. But then the, the fretting began with the caretaker after you learned to walk and move around. The caretaker seemed concerned that you wouldn't travel outside of me. You remained within my attraction you stayed close to the winding journey of the canal. And the caretaker said, you cannot go in circles forever. And so on those nights when you slept, uh, I began to take on the caretaker's worries, and so did the rest of the park. Uh, for the caretaker said, uh, we have a sense of purpose, and this is not it. While I am the caretaker... You are the attractions. And he said, it's time for a refurbishment, uh, Mother Goose. Hey, that's what they used to call it at these parks anyway. Sometimes the refurbishments were extreme, and sometimes they were a tune-up, the caretaker explained to me. And I kind of, my memories, I searched, and the rest of the park searched them. For how would we motivate you, uh... And we said, w to what, to, to what? And the caretaker said, to venture out uh, outside of you, Mother Goose, at first. And secretly, I, I know I did not want you to leave, so I may have been uh, 
you know, not uh, working wholeheartedly. But you didn't seem to want to leave either. Or I argued, were, were you ready to leave? Uh, I felt like you were unaware that there was a world, a park outside of me. In the worlds, you know, within the park, it was a funny thing. But uh, And then there was another world outside of us, outside of the park. Uh, I guess I would say a lesser world, but a world I was unaware of, except uh, through the caretaker and the guests. But we began to see what our purpose would be to get you out into the world of the park at first, and then to get you... I don't. I can't think any further than that. And even at the time, I kind of refused because I says I said, I didn't. I said, could she could she sleep here every night? Uh, and the caretaker said, I'm I'm not sure. She'll have to decide. Uh, but you know, and I, I was torn. I was torn. Never before. I mean, sometimes when the guests, uh, the child guests, would journey. I would say they weren't half bad, but I guess this is what the caretaker calls love, or the guests, uh, you know, or the other attractions. uh. But the caretaker said you needed to go. It was essential. And he told us to scan our memories again of guests of past and the experiences of the guests, and that could inform us of how to move forward. And so I looked on my memories uh, of the guests from long ago and the behavior and what was underneath the behavior and how could we reshape those tales. And uh, I would listen to the caretaker thinking because they were, oh, you know, they always came to leave their world behind. That was why they were at the park, but they couldn't really leave it behind. I mean, some of them could. But most of them, they seemed to just be a temporary visitor, and they wished they could stay. I'd say it was a panoply of feelings uh, that we could sense with them, and what they were telling themselves and how they were acting. Uh, I think the word was uh, preoccupied. But they were there to suspend their, their, their lives in our silly dreamlike version of the world. But I began to start to shape my themes around uh, our discussions and, and say, okay, well, these were the things that the guests wanted for the guest children, the parents and the children. And it started with the Red Riding Hood uh, just setting out from a home uh, that, w- that we said, okay, there's Red Riding Hood setting out. Uh, maybe you'll see yourself in her, waving goodbye. And then the next was the Billy Goats Gruff. Uh, and we just had to change that because all of us remembered uh, the children running and the parents and uh, the, the workers, the uh, hosts, uh, saying no running and so we rearranged the Billy Goats Gruff to Billy Boat Goats Rush. And, you know, even the caretaker tried to record more audio for that. Uh, and then the troll saying, no running, no running, no, no, no. 
and showing a scraping of the knee of one of the billy goats uh, in exchange for the running. And then we had uh, the Sleeping Beauty, which you always seemed to look curious at, uh, the hero on the horse and the prince in the Sleeping Beauty. Uh, but the caretaker was because the caretaker said, "What are the things are you remembering?" And I said, "Sitting still, even in the boat, uh, in my boat." And everyone started to chime in all the other attractions. It said, "Yes, sitting still is it was an essential part of being a, a guest. Uh, must have been very important for some reason out there in the larger world." Or you know, of course, we could have said, "Well, maybe it was something else," uh, but. Uh, and so you made, uh, uh, remade a Sleeping Beauty and caused her to keep moving back and forth and, and that it was, uh, that, uh, even the, the little micey poos and the, uh, the, the, the godmother and the hero and the horse saying, sit still, please, you're, uh, look at you, you're moving back time. I don't know, it didn't, it was a bit dreamlike, uh, and that was a flourish, uh, of the caretaker, but otherwise he said it would be too, it wouldn't make even less sense. Uh, and I said, yes, children move around a lot. I never understood why that was one of the values to just sit still, please. Uh, I can hear it a thousand times in my ears. And then there was a uh, Hansel and Gretel, uh, in their thing. And that was another easy one, uh, because we had the, the, them wandering anyway. And that was another one. Uh, so instead of uh, them leaving the candy, uh, candy thing, with the, the, we we had them wandering off, and uh, a nice grandmother taking the children to the park and buying them treats as guests, and then the children, as we saw play out so many times, just wandering off, not paying attention, and so we worked uh, to arrange. Uh, that scene uh, to remind you not to wander off. Though in some sense we were trying to make you wander out of me, but I just remember that I was do not wander off, they would say. And it already was kind of like Ansel and Gretel uh, uh, were doing that, uh, but we tried to reinforce it there. And then there was another important one, very important one, which which was another easy Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh, going where you're not allowed, where you don't belong, uh, past the signs that say do not enter. So all we had really had to do was keep it almost all the same, except for Jack getting away with the goose and the golden eggs, and Jack climbing past all the signs that say do not enter area closed to, to guests. Uh, and I said, that's a very good one uh, uh, for them. And then there was the, the, the cave and the genie and the lamp and uh, uh, a bunch of riches in gold. And uh, that one we just said, uh, uh, we, we, we tried to uh, say, well, that, that's too expensive. That was another one. Why? Like, just pick one thing. And I want, I want, I want. Uh, so we just had the genie, like a child that we could make, uh, uh, that we built, you know, a tronic child, obviously. And then 
the genie shaking the genie's head. At, uh, I think they called that greed a gluttony. Uh, I want, I want, I want to just pick one thing. It's too expensive. Uh, and the, 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 the caretaker had to do those voices. And then we had the uh, the three little pigs and the uh, puppy wolf, uh, and uh, we did that. We tried to teach you wash your hands was another one, so we just, we had to sneak that one in there. So we tried to go for two because I said we forgot about wash your hands after you use the potty. Yeah, it's another one that no none of the, none of the guests followed anyway, even the parents all the time. And then the idea is that at some point the park must close and you must go home. Uh, and the children saying, no, 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 I do not want to leave. And this, you know, began the message we were trying to express to you uh, that it would be time to leave and you wouldn't want to go. Uh, and the, the puppy wolf was trying to encourage the children to go, 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 leave the park. It's closed. Wash your hands and leave the park, please. Uh, three little pigs. Well, two, because one was not washing one's hands. And the other two pigs uh, were trying to go. We were trying to get them just to go into your house. Uh, let me blow you away from this park because it's closed and you refuse to leave. Uh, Though the park is closed, we know you had a good day as a guest, but now it's time to go. And then there was the big finale scene uh, that we had to remake, which was uh, that, like, everyone was happy. Even the uh, antagonists, like the trolls and the puppy dog, or the puppy wolf, uh, and Little Red Riding Hood was there. So we said, okay, well, she was at the beginning, first leaving her home. Let's show her celebrating. But the whole idea of the grandmother seeming essential and, and the, the kind of uh, uh, the way things were like that, like uh, we trusted, well, how do we get this right? Why is everyone so happy? No one seemed very happy at the park at the end of the day. A few did. A few, a few did. Uh, but we also tried to show, geez, all this running around and doing and eating and, and, and spending yeah, uh, so it was a kind of a it was a kind of a little bit muddled, uh, but we didn't know. We barely just changed it. We said that the uh, little red continuing to walk off uh, and we tried to make a little shrug of her shoulders uh, with the tronic, uh, but it was not easy. And uh, we said, okay, other than that, uh, I guess that kind of makes the message. Uh, She's learned these things, and now she's walking off and leaving. And then, of course, a few of the other attractions had to butt in and say, well, I don't get this. I said, well, this is the best we'll do. Let's see how she reacts. Uh, for we'd kept everything under tops, and you kept trying to peek a look. Uh, it was a good thing we planned it out ahead of time. Uh, the way I make it sound, it sounds like it took much longer than it did. Uh, but as soon as we revealed it to you, it was clear you did not like it at all. And at first we thought it was because we had changed things and you were so used to it. But you noticed you started to cover at the heads of the adults. And and then you started to, to, to pull the little billy goats and the Hansel and Gretel and Little Red out of the scenes, away from the scenes. And then you got in, into one of my leaves and you stayed for a while. Uh, 
and now you are old enough to move around and, and, and bathe yourself and and get yourself water and fresh water and uh, find the food the caretaker had left for you. And even you explored co- cooking as, and figuring out how to use the uh, implements that your caretaker left behind. And you even seemed a little curious, but suddenly became listless and always tired and lying in leaf. Uh, and of course we were all... Uh, we said, oh no, what have we done wrong? Uh, how could this have gone much worse? Uh, and all of a sudden to hear louder and louder the echoes of the guests in these rides. Uh, and I still to this moment do not know if they were real or recorded or just uh, echoing my memory of the whole park remembered it, even the asphalt, even... The plants that had cracked up and grown through the asphalt, uh, if they retained the memories of the guest chatter, and I guess it was a nervous chatter, and so we saw it, uh, or we assumed it, it was what was impacting you, and that the guest experiences maybe were deeper than we had known, and 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 somehow this echo from the past was making you. Yeah, you feel down and tired and sleepy. And so the, a few nights later, it wasn't even a decision. And as you fell into a deep sleep, we, we I guess we, instead of refurbishing it, we almost closed the attraction down. We removed all the tronics and all the figures and removed all the audio you know, somebody had to take them, and we put them all in the old boats in storage, uh, haphazardly. So just, just throw, you know, put 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 the put the pigs there, put the tree. You know, it doesn't matter. Let's uh, strip the ride down, and then there was nothing to view. But still, you stayed in the boat, uh, and then the caretaker shredding exploded, as did all of ours. And we said, okay, okay. And the caretaker said, we must stop the motion of the canal next uh, and see if she sets out from it. And you didn't. And then the caretaker said, we must drain the canal then uh, and see uh, if that affects it, uh, that the lack of stimulation. Maybe this is, the caretaker said, don't worry. You know, we're concerned this is good, but maybe this is pushing us uh, towards uh, something towards a solution. Maybe this will help her leave and, you know, drive you to explore outside of me, which I did not like, but now it was in a position where I cared more for me, more for you and your, what you, I, I don't know, than what I really wanted. And sometimes you would get out and walk to, to the exit and you did seem to grow bored from the lack of stimulation finally. But you wouldn't leave. You'd look at my exit and you'd look at my entrance. And you you seemed to go into a stage of uh, a pouting. I think they called it as a guest or, or anger. And you would stomp your feet and you would uh, berate the boat and tell it to move. And you would. Uh, it was like you knew I was there watching you. And you were expressing your displeasure with me. Uh, but then things changed you further. Uh, before you started in, in your 
uh, more active mode, I guess. Uh, your active displeasure. You started pulling levers and pressing buttons, and you found the, the water outlets, and you refilled the canal. And you kept testing and, and found the motors uh, that drove the water and started the water flowing again. And you started to explore parts of my attraction that you had never been in, the backstage. Uh, and you found the old boat storage uh, uh, filled with all the tronics and all the parts from all the scenes. And you looked on it so curious. Uh, uh, so perplexed, and you started to see behind the magic, I guess, in some sense of what uh, made the attraction work. And now you didn't realize that the uh, I could control the tronics uh, beyond uh, the mechanisms, but you started to look at uh, where they needed to be coupled with power or where they needed to be charged. And then you found out how to set the other boats loose. The boats were still filled with the tronics in, in some of the scenes. And you set all the other boats loose into the canal. And then you found out how to regulate their release. And you seemed to be delighted. I, I don't ever recall seeing you clap before. But as a boat just piled full of, uh, uh, you know, red and a troll into some plastic flowers, you would clap and laugh and run alongside it. And we were all perplexed, and you did this for days and days and days and jumped in and out of boats. And you went from being like a child of the winter, uh, resting and hibernating like some of our unpaid guests do, or the mammals, uh, uh, to frolicking with the bees of the spring. I, I don't mean to jump too much into Mother Na Nature for our Mother Goose, but you watched and you watched and you pondered and you raced and then you started to ponder the layout of the canal and then you began to pull out tronics and you began to pull out the scenes and place them in places and Finally, when all you had emptied all of the boats, uh, you started to, to, to design, I guess, so to refurbish me. And looking back just now, I think you were some sense, maybe you didn't even know it, preparing me. For now you were handling me in this new way. We had this new connection that I didn't even realize at the time how wonderful it felt uh, to have you actively participating with me, to have you shaping me. It felt different than the caretaker's attention, but similar, and I felt suddenly alive, I guess, in a new way, in important. Uh, and it was different to have your attention... I guess I was your caretaker for a while, and I drove, drove, drove pleasure from that, uh, or happiness, or whatever the guests call it. Uh, but now it was something new, like you were interested in me in this new, new, deeper way. And deeper you did, because you started to arrange things in a way that uh, even the designers never did. And you set up a scene, 
with the puppy wolves and the troll and the pigs. Uh, and then in the cave, you've even found a way to make it with the boat uh, stop for a moment in the cave uh, by putting stuff under the water. Uh, that would slow the boat down until the current built up behind it. Uh, and you removed the lights from the cave and you placed some of the sound boxes within the cave and hooked in some red lights. Uh, so it was a strange uh, thing. I, I still didn't know what you were doing. And then you hit a lot of the humans and uh, the heroes uh, and the heroines and... and towards the end of the ride, but back in the brush. Uh, I said, what is she up to? And, and, and some of the other attractions were worried, uh, uh, but they couldn't feel the uh, palpable level uh, of feelings that I was unfamiliar with uh, that were uh, emanating from you. And then I started to see, for you took uh, three boats, uh, and you took the rest out of operation, as they say. And in each boat, you placed a goat, uh, the smallest goat, uh, the medium goat, and the biggest goat. Uh, and you, you made them look, uh, even though they were already siblings, you kind of reshaped their eyes and things. So they looked even more, a bit like you now, I could say. And then I watched as you watched, and you watched the timing. And then you waited at that first scene with the strange puppy woes and the troll and the pigs. And you waited for that littlest goat, uh, which you had wrapped up or swaddled in a blanket in the leaf boat. Uh, you jumped in the boat with it. And you made sure its eyes were seeing the... Uh, the figures, the tronics moving, and you held that uh, little baby goat. Uh, you cuddled it, you patted it, uh, and you calmed it, uh, and you spoke to it in this soothing way that I always wished I had learned. And now, if I have another guest, I know I have learned it from you how to do this. Uh, a calm reassurance. Uh, saying, it's okay, it's okay. And then more, you started uh, touching your chest and then the baby goat's chest and then pointing at them and saying that you were the same and showing the sign of a beating heart. Uh, uh, I said, what is she teaching? Oh, I, I, I understand, but I don't have words for it. And then you went on to the cave and waited for the second, the medium-sized goat. Uh, and you jumped in the boat with that goat as it headed into the cave. And then the boat paused in the darkness with the flickering red lights and the strange echoes from the speakers. And I didn't even realize that you had hidden uh, signs and things on the walls to look at. Uh, until you showed the goat. You said, okay, yes, it's dark, but let your eyes adjust. Uh, and you pointed at the little uh, things you had drawn, uh, smiling faces and, and dancing goats, uh, that you just had to pause and look in the darkness to see. 
and that the flickering red lights weren't there. Well, at first, I guess I, I guess I'm saying this is what I saw when I watched that goat. Uh, said, "Oh dear," but then you could see that the flickers were helping you see the different paintings you made, and uh, it was something to be interested in uh, instead of apprehensive about. I couldn't. Oh. And then you had the the biggest goat, which was about your size, and which then I began to understand. And that goat, you took an active thing in, uh, riding it through the woods and the bushes and the palms where you had hidden the humans and their eyes all watching. And then you took the goat out and you would walk it along the path where you had more uh, of the princess and the princesses and things, uh, smiling and waving, and 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 then you would just leave the goat there, and then I watched as you moved the goat closer, and I now I knew that the goat was headed towards the exit, uh, and you would have the goat go back and look at the people, and look at the exit, and look at the park. Uh, and question and, and sniffed them, and you would even rub against them, you and the goat. Uh, uh, like, who are you? What is this place? What is out there? And then you would have the goat sleep with, with them, and it was like, oh, this, I began to sense this yearning to, to be with the guests uh, as I had yearned for you to stay with me forever. And I even heard your talking of uh, building this, what is this, you know. I heard all of that. Uh, and then you moved more and more of these uh, uh, remade tronics into guests, uh, lining the path towards the exit, changing their faces to even bigger smiles, uh, and uh, with open palms holding out... Uh, leading the way, or, or finally a few of them walking out the exit, holding the hands back towards that goat. And then I began to see little goat tracks uh, that you were painting somehow, leading right up to my exit. I didn't know when I would not have seen you painting these. And then I saw them cross over uh, that line, uh, and each night the, uh, the steps uh, uh, grew uh, till, you know, out of the line of my exit to out of my queue, the exit queue. And then one morning I saw them trail off into the park uh, beyond where I could see. And then I, I don't know how you had found it. And you would revisit the other things, but you found a second baby goat, uh, and you set it with two feet in my attraction and two feet out. Uh, and it was a leaving. It was a walking out of me uh, into the park. Uh, and, and then I realized I hadn't seen the caretaker in some time. Uh, though uh, some food had been dropped off and hidden uh, where... You did your cooking, 
I found myself remembering uh, a look on a lot of the guests' face, uh, which now I could say is like a forlorn pride that they would shift uncomfortable in the seats of the boat or in the line or as they're boarding the boat. Uh, I don't know how else to describe that look on their face, uh, almost the hackles on their skin, but that would indicate it was a bad thing and not uh, both bad and good or neither. But that feeling of forlorn pride... When the child would say, that's okay, I can get in by myself, or I'll ride by myself, or look at what I've done. Because uh, uh, that's how I felt uh, when I knew you had exited my ride. Uh, I felt just like those guests looking on their children as I knew... You had moved on to where you needed to go. To the next attraction, uh, which I guess was already being prepared or trying to prepare itself for you, uh, for whatever uh, you need. But I'll be here, my leaf will be here, and I'll be telling the tale you designed until you return. But my water will be waiting, my water will be swishing, it will be meandering in the turns and around and around with comforting motion, and I will comfort the goats in your stead uh, when they face uh, what they think are trolls and pigs and puppy woes or darker uh, sparkling caves or unsure whom and who uh, the makers are. I will be here waiting for you and in your stead, uh, uh, gently, uh, gently flowing. As I say, wherever you are now, good night.